Welcome to a special episode of Today in Ohio, the news podcast discussion from Cleveland.com and The Plain Dealer. This is a holiday week. We're not going to have a full schedule of episodes, but we wanted to have a discussion of a topic we discussed last week, the Cleveland Clinic's decision to bill for time doctors spend messaging in their online portal. One reason we want to have it is Layla Tassi was not on for that discussion and has some thoughts that she's been filling our ears with and are worthy of discussion. The other reason is I have been blitzed by people who have thoughts about this in my texting account. They are still coming in, and this is such a big issue for readers. We thought it was worth discussing. So I'm Chris Quinn, and I'm here with Lisa Garvin, Laura Johnston, and Layla Tassi. And we're going to start it with Layla offering some of her thoughts because it's just been eating away at her soul. <laughs> it kind of has been. And all right, so last week, Chris, one of the key points that you made on the podcast was that doctors should not have to do this service for free, that they should get paid for the time they spend answering these messages. And exactly, you said, quote, if your doctor is taking time to deal with you, shouldn't they get paid for it? And, you know, they are. Cleveland Clinic doctors are paid a salary. It says so on their physician recruitment page. Clearly, their daily duties include carving out time to answer patient emails. So once the clinic begins billing for that service, the physicians won't see that money. That money is not going into their pockets. They'll still get paid their salary, and the clinic keeps the new profit. And, you know, it would be as if you decided that we should charge people to download this podcast. And you couldn't say it's because I, Leila Tassi, should be better compensated for the work I put into it because I get a salary. And whether or not you charge for this, I will still get the same paycheck. It would be it would just okay. you know be a way so so really i think that folks are reacting to the sense that this is not it's not as if their doctor hadn't been compensated fairly but it's that the the company is trying to monetize the product that they're you know that's why people call it a cleveland clinic money grab they feel like you know this is not necessarily about the the relationship they have with their doctor and how well their doctor is being compensated it's that you know the cleveland clinic already price gouges patients on all kinds wait, of wait, services. Wait wait wait, 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 wait. To be fair, when I talk about the doctor's billing, I'm talking about the billing system. So so if if up till now the clinic pays doctors a salary because they spend their time in the office seeing patients and the mm -hmm. clinic bills for those patient hours, then the clinic is getting the money it needs to pay the doctors. If doctors are now spending a quarter of their day or more or whatever it is answering messages to patients for which the clinic doesn't bill, the clinic has less money coming in to pay the patients. I'm not sure it's fair to call that a money grab, well, but that's I, the basic premise of what people, I said. Patients feel like the Cleveland Clinic and, and other, not just the Cleveland Clinic, but many health systems overcharge patients on all kinds of services. And, you know, you and I were just talking last week or the week before about how much it cost out of pocket to get an MRI and about how Metro Health partners with a certain imaging center to provide MRIs and CTs for literally half that price. So people feel like this is the this this messaging service with their doctor was the one service the clinic provided that they felt didn't try to pick their pocket. And I have a lot of sympathy for that perspective. Right? I, I mean, don't I, you feel like I, well, you know, I, the clinic compensates by overcharging in other regards? And so they get to offer this one thing to people 
that they felt was, you know, value added. Okay, I, I'm not going to debate you on whether the clinic overcharges. I, I th- <laughs> you can make a lot of claims you can. But it would put this into perspective for me is I heard from my longtime doctor. Uh, I had the same doctor for, for 25 years after I came to Cleveland, and she retired a couple of years ago, and it was heartbreaking because she knew me really, really well. And she was a tireless, tireless worker. She was in the UH system, by the way tireless. I mean, she would be, you'd hear from her at night, you'd hear from her on weekends. And she sent a note saying, you know, maybe you should do a story on how doctors spend their time corresponding with patients, all the extra hours they put in to to helping people. And I think there might be a disconnect between people who have doctors like this, Mm -hmm. who is completely dedicated. I mean, I could not say enough uh, good about her. She got me out of jam. She was terrific. And doctors who barely pay attention, you know, I did hear from somebody that said, you know, when I message in, I'm not hearing back from my doctor. I'm hearing back from nurse practitioners and others. So why should the clinic be able to bill me at the doctor's rate? Which Good question, right? Yeah. I mean, that is a good question. And another point related to that is 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 about the the quality of the communication that happens over email with healthcare providers. I mean, our our new story pointed out that in essence, these messages are taking the place of a doctor's visit, so they should be billed that way. That's kind of the argument of the clinic, but no, they're not taking the place of a doctor's visit. When you're face to face with your doctor or even on a virtual visit, you get to ask follow-up questions in real time. There's that give and take and you can ensure that the doctor understands exactly what you're asking and answers you completely. Uh, you know, first of all, I want to say my kids' pediatricians are incredibly thoughtful in their responses to our questions when we email them. But you know, I mean, I, I would pay for that. I would pay for for them for that communication. But as for other providers I've dealt with, I've gotten so many one sentence emails back from doctors that barely touch upon the question I asked. And okay, fine, it's free, and at least they took the time to acknowledge my existence. But heck no, I'm not paying $50 for that kind of communication. If I am now going to be paying for that service, my expectation will be much higher for the quality of the messages. And I think you're going to see that from a lot of people, that that's the sentiment out there. Patients who pay for it will be very disgruntled if they get billed 35 or 50 bucks for a three-sentence email. Well, a they're going to be things. much more demanding if they're paying for it. A couple other things. One person suggested that if they shouldn't be billing for this, but what they should do is have a filter, an AI or something, where if you're asking a complex question, the answer should be, this isn't really the kind of information this messaging system is built for. Please call, make an appointment and do what you're talking. Have the give yes. and take in which the doctor's billing. Uh, another person or, or several people wrote in to say, you know, this is really what you're seeing is the outrage with the Cleveland Clinic's inability to serve its patients, that people resort to the messaging system because they can't get through any other way. They can't get through by phone. And Lisa, you've talked recently that that when you go to make an appointment, you can't get in for two months or something, right? Yeah. In the last couple of months, I've had referrals, a couple of referrals from my primary care provider. And the earliest I can get in is six to eight weeks. But but I do want to, and it's frustrating. I mean, obviously staffing is a huge issue, but you have to think doctors have, they're buried under paperwork. 
they're, they have to do so much for so many, and so many people have, you know, so many, so many doctors have so many patients, they're at capacity. So I think what's happening here is that people are trying to use my chart and other messaging services mm-hmm. as a virtual visit. And that is not what messaging is for. I mean, they said they're not going to charge for simple messages refill prescriptions, you know, that kind of things, you know, they're not going to charge for that. It's when they have to dig into your chart, you know, look at new symptoms and assess those. That's where it comes in. And and that's, that's work that I think the doctor should be paid for. And I do want to point out too, that this is probably a deterrent. They're not trying to make more money. Obviously money, you know, is the bottom line, but if you have to pay $50, you're going to think twice about what you're going to put in that message. Well, one of the other things that the people have pointed out, and and we've all had experience with this, when your doctor calls you up as a follow-up to an appointment, if test results have come in, traditionally it hasn't been by these messaging systems. They've called you and have conversations, like you said, Layla, where you go back and forth and you never paid for that. So, They're taking what used to be a phone conversation with give and take, putting it into a messaging system that's unsatisfactory and billing you for a service they didn't bill you for previously. Right. Right. Precisely. I mean, that said, to to Lisa's point, the way that this will, will benefit the doctors directly is by reducing the volume of emails they have to answer. I, you know, my brother is a doctor at Metro Health, and I was pretty sure he'd have an opinion on this. So I did call him to check in last week. He's a hospitalist, so he's not answering these emails. He doesn't have office hours, but he said his colleagues who do are absolutely inundated. And as you can imagine, there are patients out there who, as he described it, won't let off the gas. Once they start Mm -hmm. asking questions through this platform, they just keep going. So in other words, they are abusing this free service. And that can be an incredible burden for providers, which I completely understand. So as Lisa was saying, by, by putting these fees in place, you force patients to be more thoughtful about when they actually use the service or more thoughtful in preparing for their medical appointments because then they'll be sure to ask all their questions uh, while they're face-to-face with the doctor. So I do see why this, why doctors are probably welcoming this change. Okay. But I did hear from people who addressed that too. And they said, you know, if the bulk of the people are using this for quick follow-up discussions, why penalize everybody for the abusers? Clearly there are abusers that'll continue to fire questions in a way that doctors don't have time for. Why not set up a system to deal specifically with that instead of coming at it this way? I'm not sure I agree with that. This to penalize everybody for the sins of a few, is that really the smartest way to build a relationship between a hospital system and its patients? Yes, I agree with that. And and I agree with, the, I like your idea about, about, you know, some kind of AI system that can weed out the abusers of the system from the people who are using it for its intended purpose. I mean, the clinic created this for a reason. And now it's just gotten, kind of gotten out of hand because the pandemic forced us into a mode where every interaction with people is remote. So, um, there, you know. There are a couple other topics that, that have come out of this. My favorite, and it came from a handful of people, was, okay, if they can charge me for this, can I charge them for the time I sit in their waiting rooms because they <laughs> scheduled inefficiently and they're eating up hours of my time? That's interesting. Should you get a discount on the messaging service based on the lateness of your appointments? I'd be in favor of that. I don't know if the clinic would be. Uh, but the other the other repeated theme, and it came from a lot of people, 
was comparing this to other professions. And it's in both sides of this argument. You know, people said, what about lawyers? You know, lawyers bill in six minute increments. If you talk to your lawyer for a minute, you're billed for six minutes. Every time you talk to them, you get billed. How is this different than that? Yeah. I mean, I, I see that. I see that. But but in, in that case, we're talking about like individual practitioners who are billing for their time. And in this case, we're talking about salaried employees who this is a part of their job, just like this podcast is a pot of, part of my job. Um, the, okay. So, yeah. The other comparison is teachers. I'm married to a teacher. I see how much time the teacher in my life spends in the evenings writing IEPs. I mean, for the last two weeks, it's been every night. There's no extra compensation for that. That's part of the job. You you have a job to do. You're, you you work with the students. If a parent wants to talk to you, you talk to the parent. This, there's no extra money being billed to the parent for the service of the public school system. So isn't, could you make an argument, this is much more like that? Yes. Yes, you could. I mean, of course, like, you know, teachers, teachers work harder than, than, uh, their compensation sometimes would, you know, it's, I, so yes, I I think that, I think it is part of their, yeah, it's part of the job. Let me get Laura into this part of the conversation because this kind of applies to her. Laura, we have rolled out different projects in our newsroom, different changes in the administration of things based on the changing times. And, we, we generally have a meeting to talk about what's the best way to communicate this, to reduce confusion as much as possible. Would you agree that the clinic could not have bollocks this up more? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just putting, first of all, who checks their my chart all the time, right? Like you check it if you need to. And to just have a message there that's like, by the way, we're going to start charging you in, in what, it was less than a week? Of, of lead time. And just if you happen to see it, that's when you would get the news. I, I think if they had a plan and they put out an email to someone or talk to news media and said, this is why we're doing it. We really value our time with our, our, our patients. And in order to maximize the efficiency of our doctor's time and the system, this is what we're asking you to do. We understand that it's a change and you might be confused. Here's a number to call if you don't know if you don't quite understand, you know, I don't know, maybe they could have a video, whatever. The point is they didn't, they didn't show their story. They were just like, Hey, we're going to charge. Well, they're going to charge. They really didn't tell you what they're charging for. And this is a culture change. This is a completely different way of dealing with a doctor. And it would have been so much better to, to be human beings about this, to have a press conference or bring in smart reporters. We've got several that, that cover health that could come in and lay it out, lay out your reasoning, lay out how much time. Somebody said, I would love to see the clinic show a year's worth of what they would have built for if this were in place for the past year. That would be great, right? They could give you, they could show you exactly how many calls or how many messages doctors have sent, how many hours they've spent, how it's eating into their bottom line, but they didn't do any of it. We have no idea how they're going to bill, what it's going to be for. It's a big mystery, which is only going to infuriate people. I mean, I really can't think of a much worse rollout. Well, but I think they did specify what they were going to charge for. They said, you know, messages that take five minutes or more to answer, 
um, you know, deep chart reviews, communicating with other caregivers, research on specific issues. I mean, you know, these are things that take time. And you think a doctor's appointment, eh, if you're not getting a physical, it's about 15 minutes. So they're probably spending 15 minutes on your message. But they send you a half-assed message a lot of times. And and yes, they probably did have to look at my chart to figure out who I was and what I was asking about. But then they jotted off a, a sentence. And now I've got 10 more questions I need to ask. And that quality control, that's not going to fly when you're charging people 50 bucks for that. It's going to have to, they're going to have to be more thoughtful in their responses or get on the phone. <laughs> well, well and, and, go ahead, Lisa. Go ahead. No, go ahead, Chris. Well, my, my thought is, though, if I don't know how much time it's going to take, I have no idea what the cost is exactly, going to be. Exactly, right? Shouldn't there be a schedule of something? I mean, if I send a question like how, to my How do you doctor, as a layperson know what, what kind of chart review it's going to take to, I mean, that's, that's yeah, right? But then, you know, I and there's no, I don't know about the AI, but I do know that patients will be informed of the charges when they begin their message. Of course, you know, they won't know what constitutes a billable message. So yes, I agree there should be a list there, but they will be warned before they start a message and they can either continue that message or make an appointment based on you know, whatever this interface tells them. And I, I, don't you think that's going to scare people away from, from reaching out to their healthcare providers and instead it, like lead to deterioration of their health? Because they're not going to make an appointment. They're just going to go off and... I think that's a really good point. We've been trying to teach people to have a closer relationship with their doctors and, and catch things a lot earlier. And you're right. If you're like, ah, it's 50 bucks, like I'll right. just wait to see if it gets worse, then Yeah. Well, and it could create a bigger disparity between rich and poor, which we know is a nightmare, especially in, in greater Cleveland. I, pragmatically speaking, I mean, I, the example I had, I, I had some uh, analysis done of a shoulder issue I had, and some of the correspondence was through messaging, not with the clinic, like I said, I'm in the UH system. But, but, if, but if I ask the follow-up question now, if I were in the clinic, knowing that I'd be charged for what I'd ask... You know, I I just don't know how that works. You know, if I ask a follow-up question, <laughs> no, the cha-ching, $50 more. And if you ask another follow-up question, oh, that's a $25 question. It's It seems very confusing how they're going to go about right. it. Right. I, th- I think the biggest problem I had was that they sprang it on us. I mean, they announced it on a Monday and three days later on a Thursday, it was already in effect. So, you know, to your point that they didn't talk to health reporters, it was a terrible rollout. And of course, people were going to be upset about it. They really should have kind of eased this in there. Well, and what do insurance companies think about this now? Are we all going to have higher rates because this is a whole new billing area so that when we go into selection of our healthcare plans a year from now, it's going to be more money or are they going to negotiate something? It's a fascinating issue and clearly it's one that has lots of people talking, including the people on this podcast. I think we can all agree the clinic did an atrocious job rolling this out. Layla, since you sparked this special episode, do you want to have any closing thoughts? No, you know, I just, I I don't want to, I just want to say that I recognize 100% there are so many practitioners out there who their care and their concern for their patients are their highest priority. And, and I, like I said, our pediatricians specifically are so good about their communication. And you can, sometimes I've gotten emails and I'm like, 
this really, I should have paid for this. This was such good feedback that I received from them. But that's not all practitioners out there. And it's probably because, the, you know, it's not billable and it's it's eating into a lot of their time that they can put, you know, spend with other patients in real, you know, face-to-face interaction. So I do see it both ways. And uh, so I just wanted to leave that out there. I, I'm not 100% on one side of this issue or the other, but I'm so glad we had this discussion. Me too. I'm glad you you persuaded us to have it. It's the special episode for the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. Thanks, Lisa. Thanks, Layla. Thanks, Laura. Thanks, everybody who listens. We'll be back with a regular episode on Monday. <laughs> <laughs>